What a great time of worshiping together, and I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you for those of, us, uh, those of you who are joining us online, uh, everyone who's with us in Mesa. We've got church family at South Mountain, at Fountain Hills, all over the place today. And we know God's doing something great in our church. So I'm glad that you're here with us on this stormy day. Isn't it awesome how God just made the weather cool down 30 degrees for you to come to church today? Yeah, favor isn't fair. God just loves us more than he loves other states. What can I say? So I'm really excited. We've been in a series in Exodus. We just kicked it off, and we're studying through this book. We're going to be studying it for a long time, and there's just so many good gold nuggets of truth and wisdom in God's word for you. Uh, last week, we just kind of introduced it, and so if you missed last week, make sure you go back on the app or the podcast and check it out, because you wouldn't, you know, skip chapters in a novel. You want to make sure that you read all of Exodus, and that you listen to all the sermons, and that we're on this journey together. So go back, catch up if you missed it. And today, I've got an extra special treat for, for you. A friend of mine named Pastor Aaron Burke is in the house today. I invited him uh, to come preach a long time ago, and I've been waiting for this day, and it's finally here, and I'm excited. Uh, he's a great pastor from Tampa Bay, Florida area, where he planted a church in 2013, and that church has just exploded like rocket ship to the moon because God has an anointing on this church called Radiant Church on Pastor Aaron and Katie's lives. Uh, they're church planters, amazing leaders. He's an amazing preacher, and uh, also he's a CrossFit champion. So I'm a little jealous of how fit he is physically. Um, but I've invited him to come today, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you and a word of encouragement for you in this season. So I'm going to ask you to open up your heart, open up your Bible, get ready to receive from the word, and help me welcome Pastor Aaron today. Come on, church. at church today. Are you excited to be at church today? It's good to be with you guys, Generation Church. I have been waiting for this moment, been praying for this moment. It is an honor to be with you guys. And for all of those who brought a guest today, I know the feeling right now that you're feeling in your stomach where you go, I've talked this church up to my friend for years and years. And they finally came and it's the one Sunday Pastor Ryan's not preaching. I may just tell you, he's back next Sunday. He's better than I am, so make sure you come back for it. But I'm glad that glad to be here, honored to be with you guys. And I just want to give honor to what God is doing in this church. Let me just say, what God's doing here is supernatural. It's not, this isn't happening everywhere at all the campuses. Can we give honor for what God is doing for the place he planted you, your family, your life? I'm just telling you, you're on the brink of something so supernatural, and great churches have great leaders, and I am honored to be friends with your pastors, and I'm telling you, we, we hung out last night. They are the real deal. They love Jesus. They love each other, and uh, they love you, and can you do me a favor at all of our campuses? Can we honor Pastor Ryan and Amy and the leadership here? They're the best. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. They're the best. I appreciate their rawness and their love for the Lord and his word. And so we're, we're going to get right into it. My wife is joining me here today, too. We got five kids. So I think we got a little picture of the Burke family. That's us. And so we send our greetings from Tampa Bay, or what we call ourselves Champa Bay now, because we're just champions in everything right now. 
So, and none of that happened before the church planted. Just want you to know, the church can change everything. So it was us and Tom Brady, but that was mostly the church. So uh, that's our, our five uh, kids. The oldest was born in July. 25 months later, the second was born in August. 25 months later, the third was born in September. 25 months later, the fourth was born in October. And 25 months almost to the day our fifth was born in November. Your boy's a planner. I know what I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the Burt family right there. My oldest is in uh, Generation Kids this morning. She's excited to learn God's Word, and so um, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Let me just tell you a quick funny story before we get into God's Word. I was telling them uh, what it was like growing up in the 80s. I'm an 80s child. Are there any of my 80s, 90s kids in the house? Some on at all of our campuses. So I was, uh, I was telling them how life was like. You know, we kind of exaggerated a little bit how tough it was growing up. And so I, I finally had my moment with my kids. I said, hey, kids, let me just explain to you what life was like for your daddy growing up. I said, you see that? water bottle you have in your hand right now we never had that they're like how did you drink water I said there was only one way we drank water growing up it was it was like this come on how many remember that that was real life growing up and they're like wow how did you survive I don't know it's just and, and I said I said you know we have that Chick-fil-a at our by our house it's got like this sophisticated plague area I said ours was a little bit different growing up it was at the local McDonald's and it looked like this do y'all remember this place you had to have like the tetanus shot before you got on the playground that's how we survive so much these days. We grew up with that. And, and, and then I was telling them about our playground. I said, your playground growing up now has a pirate ship, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, designed by engineers. That wasn't ours. Ours had a little swing and this. That was it. And how many remember going up that 50, if you didn't die climbing 15 feet up that ladder, how many remember your legs burned the entire way down? The kids are all worried. They're like, oh, man, that's so crazy, Dad. I said, yeah. And, and actually, my vehicle, our vehicle growing up had a third row also, third row vehicle. It, it, like the SUV we have. We have a three-row SUV, but yours is, ours is different growing up. The third row growing up for us was this right here. How many remember that third row? Like that was the third row growing up. I would leave church. I remember getting in the back of that, rolling that thing down, throwing all my crafts. I made a church right out the window at people. You could still turn into a preacher if you did that, by the way. So my, my kids are all worried. They're like, Daddy, how did you and Mommy survive? How did y'all grow up and actually survive? Like, doesn't make any sense. I said, the only way we survived the 80s was from the grace of God and these, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, how many know that's how we survived it? That's funny right there. Well, we're going to dive into God's word. What I've heard about your church is that you are a Bible-believing Bible-teaching, Bible-loving church. Do we have any people that love God's word? Love it. So we're not getting man's opinion of this. We're going to get God's word. And so we're in a series on the book of Exodus. And so your, your pastor's going verse by verse, I mean, chapter by chapter going through this. And so when I sent him my notes, he called me and he's like, you'll never believe this. Um, we're actually going through the book of Exodus. I was like, well, my passage is in like chapter 13. He goes, listen, it connects. It's in the same book. We'll eventually get to chapter 13 anyway. So I'm going to give you a little bit of kind of an inside scoop of what you're going to get to in what it sounds like a couple months from now. So uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus chapter 13, and let me give you a little background. For 400 years, God's people have been in bondage in Egypt, and they were in slavery in Egypt, and they cried out, and God raised up a deliverer, and his name was Wow, the first service really knew it a little bit more than you guys. So uh, his name was 
Moses, very good. God raises up Moses. He comes in and uh, he tells Pharaoh, hey, let my people go. Pharaoh says, absolutely not. So then the plagues come and they come one right after another after another. They get worse every time until eventually what happens is the plague of death comes. Pharaoh's heart is softened. The people are now released. And now we pick up in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. And I want you to picture it. They're leaving bondage and they're heading towards the promised land of what God has for them and a lot of you guys you've had an salvation experience and you're going okay I've got saved I'm ready to get all that God has for me but the journey for them looked just a little bit different let me show it to you verse 17 when Pharaoh let the people go God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country though that was shorter say shorter those shorter for God said, if the, they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. Let me show you that in verse 17 real quick, one more time. When he said, let, then the, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road to the Philistine territory, though that was shorter. I believe in note taking, so if you're going to write some notes down, pull out your phone, put it in a piece of paper, write some notes down. You're four times more likely to remember it if you write it down. Here's the title of today's message. It's simply this phrase, the longer way. The longer way. I want to talk to you for a little bit about the God of the longer way. I don't know about you, but I feel like God can do little things a little bit quicker than he does them. I get a little impatient with God. Anybody that just feels like, man, I'm waiting on God right now. Come on, let me see your hands across all of our campuses. Yeah, we all, we've all had those moments. And that doesn't work well for my personality because I like things like quick. I like it fast. I, I believe one of my spiritual gifts is that if the GPS says it's going to take 30 minutes, I can do it in 28. Come on, to God be the glory. I, I just, I like getting there fast. I like getting there quick. I like making things happen really quick. And, and I feel like God should do it that way all so, but what I've realized with God is he's the God of the longer way. That he doesn't do things as quick as I want them done. I, I saw this in reality when it, with a cool illustration. I was taking my kids, my wife and I, we were going on a little family trip a couple weeks ago. Notice I said trip, not a vacation. Because when the kids are there, it is not a vacation. It's a trip. It's an investment. Uh, when, it's, when it's just the kids, it, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of activities where, you know, I, I would think my kids would sleep in. They're, they're on a, you know, it's their break. They don't sleep in. They wake up earlier on the family trips. So we're going on a family trip. We're leaving our house, and we're, we're driving towards or, Orlando. So it's like about an hour away from us. And so while I'm driving, I pull up Google because I get on Google to see, okay, what's the, what's the route it's going to take me on? I've driven this road many, many, many times. But when I looked on it, it's supposed to be a couple hour trip. But when I look at it, it's about a four hour trip to get there. And I'm freaking out going, this doesn't make any sense. I've driven this before. I can see where I'm at. I see the road. I see the destination. Something might be off. But here's what's crazy is Google knew something that I didn't know. You see, Google knew that in Florida, people don't know how to drive. They don't. Now, they might here in Arizona. They don't know how to drive in Florida because I know y'all send us a lot of your people that don't know how to drive. And you send them to us right before they die. I don't understand it. 
So what I didn't know happened on the interstate is that somebody got in a car accident. So what I thought was the longer way around, it didn't make sense for Google to send me through these off-roads and these, this, this, this bypass and this detour. But what I didn't understand was there was something along the original path that if I knew about it, I would actually have gotten stuck and it would have ruined our trip. Now there's something about our God to let you understand that he's going to take you on this journey from this moment you get saved to the destination God has for you. You think it's going to be from here to there and it's going to be an easy journey. But if you follow God any amount of time, you know he takes the longer way. He takes the longer way. Exodus, it says it. It says when Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them on that road that was, that was shorter he took him on this, 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 this longer route. I, I, got, a, I got a picture because I want you to see the visual of this to show you what the longer route looks like. We got, we got the place where, where the Israelites were in bondage right there on the top left. And we got them there in Egypt. And God delivers them. And the shortest route, they say it's, it's roughly about the, the idea of about a 10 days journey from where that is to where the promised land, where Canaan was. About 200 miles. That quick journey. You can see the blue right there. And that would have been the journey to get on. Now you've got to imagine as Moses is leaving, you've got the people sitting there and going, all right, Moses, we're, going, we're following you. Where are we going? We're going to Canaan. All right, great. Oh, man, I've heard about that, man. I follow some friends, and they're on the Mediterranean. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's like the, the, a beautiful place to look at. I can't wait. And Moses doesn't turn left towards the Mediterranean. He turns south, and he goes towards the Red Sea. And you can imagine if some of you were there, some of the type A, three on the Enneagram people, you would sit there and go, go you know, take your camel right up to the front. You get up to Moses. Hey, Moses, you're going the wrong way. You're, you're going, I, I know where to go. I know, the, I know the quickest, best way to get there. And Moses says, I, that might be the best way, but we're going to choose God's way in this. And because they didn't understand that along the path, there was something that would have destroyed them, that would have sent them all right back to Egypt if they would have gone their way. Let me just encourage somebody across the room, across one of these campuses today, that you're having a decision to make in life, and you have the short world way, or you have God's way. And it's always going to be the battle. Do I do, do I do my relationship my way or do I go the longer way, which is God's way? Do I do my finances the short way and do what I can or do I do the longer? The longer way says I'm going to give God my first 10% even though it doesn't make sense financially. But I understand that it might be the longer way, but it's the way that God's going to bring me to the, to the destiny that he has for my life. Now, now look at this picture one more time because you see the, 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 the yellow path. It was out, took a 200-mile journey to about 600 miles where you went around went down through the Red Sea. Now you get to Mount Sinai. That's, you know, then they're having the, the Ten Commandments, big moments. And then you have this whole journey. Now you see that squiggly line there? That's some of your life. Because the journey was supposed to go from 10 days to about 30, 40 days. It was supposed to be a 40-day journey. But it didn't take them 40 days. It took the Israelites 40 years. Right. Why did it take them 40 years? It didn't take them 40 years because they served the God of the longer way. The longer way was supposed to be 40 days. It took 40 years because they were disobedient. 
and they did it their way, and they circled. I always believe everything with God takes a little bit longer than we think it will, but let me tell you, if you feel like you've been stuck in it for a long time, you feel like you're not progressing any longer, if you feel like you're walking in circles, it's not God's fault, it's your fault. You need to say, God, what are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to teach me in this moment to get me to the promised land that you have for my life? Can I hear a good amen today, church? Here's, here's why it's important. Proverbs 14 says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to, it leads to death. So you've gotta to learn to embrace this fact of going, I know where God wants to bring me, but to get me there, it's gonna look different than the path that the world has to offer. So let me give a little visual for you guys. All right, so here's destination. This is, this is where you wanna go. Maybe this is, I wanna get married, or I wanna have that kid, or I wanna have a successful business, or I want my kids following the Lord, or uh, you know, I, I, wanna, I wanna you know, sit there, I wanna multiply my business, I wanna get that degree. You know where God is, wants you to bring. But you're over here, and you want to get from right here to right there. And the God of the longer way says, listen, here's how I'm going to get you from here to there. I'm going to get you there by bringing you here. Now, this is frustrating because your friends aren't here. People on social media aren't here. Doesn't it bother you? This is why I believe social media is the most damaging part of our trust in God. Because here's why, because comparison is the thief of joy in your life. So here's what you're doing. You're over here trusting God. And you're the one that's honoring God by giving. You're the one serving even though nobody else is serving. You're the one staying faithful to not have sex before marriage when everybody else is. And you're over here and you're going, oh man, it's so frustrating. And you look on social media and your 23-year-old friend who's already married, has five kids, ready to retire, the perfect home, and you're going, oh, God must love them more than they love me. The fact is, the reality is, is you don't have a clue what's on the other side for them. And they're on a path that might have got them there quick, but it's not the best way. It's not the best way. So you're here, so how do we survive here? How do we live here? Let me give you one faith word that has helped me. This, is a, this will be game changer for your life. When you're here and God's promised you to be there, because some of y'all are in this in-between moment, here's the word, the faith word that just helps me through the season. Here it is, ready? It's this word called yet. Yet. All right, can we do me a favor at all of our campuses today? Can we say that word aloud? Yet. All right, say it louder one more time, ready? Uh, very good. So here's the question I want to ask you today is I want you to fill in a blank because you got to learn to say this statement. I have not blank yet. You got to understand this because some of you, you sit there and say definite statements when you don't know if that's the definite thing God wants to do through your life. So you think that it's just over. It's never gonna get better. I'm never gonna see that miracle. No, no, no. We are a faith community that even though it's impossible for man, it's possible with our God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us, and if that's the case, then we have not even scratched the surface to the goodness of God in our life. So it hasn't happened yet. So my marriage isn't healthy yet. Do you see that? Like, like my kids have not come back to the faith. Yeah. Oh, do you feel that faith right there? I've not experienced my healing. Yeah. Oh, that's good right there. You need to, I have not walked into my destiny. Yeah. I have not landed that dream job. Yeah. Now, if you're part of the generation staff here, you would say, yes, I have. 
Pastors are in the room right now. You have to hold on to the yet because our God is a God that if he said I'll bring you to that promised land, you might be, it looked like a detour, but I've come to tell someone today, the detour is for your destiny. It's for the greatness that God wants to do through you. He's a God of the longer way. So God alone. So what do we do during this time? Psalm 23, Psalm 37 says it this way. I love this phrase. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. This, this is what you do when you're waiting. So when you, you want to get there, but you're actually over here, you're frustrated. You're like, everybody else is married. Everybody else has kids. Everybody else's business is thriving. But you're here. Here's what you do. And I'm going to challenge you on how to do this today. You trust in the Lord. And guess what you do? Get busy. Get busy, like serve, get connected, learn to give, learn to do your part. You just keep doing good. And I'm a firm believer, Israelites, that if God brought you here, then the next step, it might be way over here, and it might be way over here, and it might be way over here, but eventually, if he said it, he'll bring you into the promised land that he has prepared for your life. He's a good God, and we should give him some praise, amen? He's a good God. He's a, he's a God of the, the longer way, the longer plan. So I, I, I'm gonna help you and understand how this works because I want you to understand this. A waiting season is not a wasted season. So if you feel like I'm just waiting for it, I don't see it yet, I'm gonna tell you why, why it's not a wasted season. Three things that I think it'll help you today to encourage you to trust the Lord and just do good during this season. Number one, it's simply this. God brings you the longer way to protect us to protect us. Do you remember our story? What did he say? He says, I did not take them along the path toward the Philistines, even though it was shorter. Why did God not bring along that path? Because there was a group of people who we see throughout the scriptures called the Philistines. The Philistines were a barbaric group of people that had lived in that region for hundreds of years. They were warlike people. They were always in battle. And when you read the next couple books of the Bible, you see, man, these people are fighting all the time. And God knew they were along the path. So what did God do? God said, I'm not gonna bring these people who had been in slavery for 400 years, no military, no training, no abilities to really fight at this moment, no weapons in their hand. God would have been leading them towards the slaughter of the Philistines, to being slaughtered by the Philistines. So what did he do? God said, I'm gonna take them on a longer path, even though it might be difficult for them, it's going to protect them. This is encouraging for you to know because one of the best ways for you to celebrate God is during those moments when he closes a door for you. Have you ever had that time where you just, you, God closed the door and we just, oh God, that was everything I ever wanted. And then you look back a year, five years, 10 years later and go, oh God, you were helping me. Let me give you an example. Uh, just this last few months I, was my 20 year high school reunion. Now I didn't go because I think that's weird. <laughs> I haven't talked to you in 20 years. Why am I gonna go and hang out with you now and have awkward small talk? But that's another thing. But I, I looked at the pictures online and I remember some of those relationships that ended that I just was so mad with God. And then I looked at my beautiful wife and I looked back at some of those people from high school and I said, oh God, you protected me. <laughs> he knew what was best. He, you, you're upset. 
that that relationship with that guy ended until a year or two from now and he ended up being crazy. What was God doing? He's protecting you. Let me just say it this way. The shortest route isn't always the safest route. So you're in this place and you're going, but I want it quick. And you're, you're the Veruca Salt of Christians. You remember Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? It says, I want it and I want it now. But that's not how God works. Because trusting God is not simply trusting God, it's trusting God's timing. And a lot of us, we say we trust God until he takes you on a longer path and you go, it's frustrating. Let me tell you, he's taking you on a longer path because you have no clue there's some kind of destruction on the other side. You have no clue where that would have led you if you would have gone that path. I, my, I was grilling out the other day at our house and so kids are playing in the pool. We're all hanging out. I'm, I got the meat all on, the gr- on, the, on a little tray. I'm getting ready to put it on. So I, I turned the grill on. My daughter, Elise, she's my fourth child. She comes up to me. She's like, is the food ready? I'm like, baby, I just turned the grill on. It's a few minutes later. I've let the grill heat up. She comes back to me. She's like, daddy, is it ready yet? So baby, I haven't even put the meat on the grill yet. It's going to take, she's like, ah, oh, it just takes so long. It reminds me of so many Christians. She says, God, it's taking so long. I had this fleshly moment. I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm still, a, so um, I had this moment where I was, she just kept asking, and the, the meat's just sitting there raw. And after a while, I was like, oh, I can teach her a good lesson. Why don't I just take the raw meat and just go, sure, go ahead and eat this. There you go, baby. Just enjoy it. You know, like a dog, just, just ripping up the raw meat. But I'm not going to do that. Why am I not going to do that? Even though it might be painful for her to wait, here's what I understand. It's that it's, as a father, I'm not going to injure my child. And let me just say it this way. Because God is a good father. He is more interested in your safety than your satisfaction. So if he hasn't given it to you yet then hold on to the fact that he is a trustworthy God and he's protecting me. So if you go to that, 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 uh, the next wedding, and don't you get, just hate it at the weddings, they always come up to you and they're like, you know, when are you gonna get married? You know, it's like you're, you know, uh, this is the funny joke, you know, the guy, the guy walked up to the, uh, the lady walked up to the, the guy and said, you know, when, when are you getting married? You're next, you're next. And then turns and you well, when are you gonna die? You're next, you're next, you know, it's like, <laughs> Don't say that to them. There's this whole moment where you have to sit there in confidence and say, if God has not given it to me, he's protecting me right now. He's protecting me. Here's my prayer for you from the book of uh, First, Second Thessalonians from the uh, Apostle Paul. He says this, but the Lord is faithful. Say faithful. I, I know it's frustrating, but he's faithful. I know it's a longer way, but he's faithful. He's faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you're doing that what you're doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. That's what we need, a little bit of grit in the church to say, you know what, if God hasn't given it to me, I'm not quitting this thing, I'm not laying it down, I'm not gonna dumb down my dream to match my experience, I'm gonna trust God that he's protecting me and when the time is right, he'll lead me into the promised land that he has for me. He's doing this. Second one, why does God bring us a longer way? He brings us a longer way to prepare us, to prepare us. Find it interesting that for 400 years they were in, the, in, the, um, in slavery. What are they doing? They're making bricks. They're building stuff for the Egyptians. God leads them out. 
and he takes them not through to, right to battle, but through a longer path. What are they doing in this longer path? They're getting structure. They're getting military. They're getting weapons. We find the first time they experience the, a, a war with these people is 70 years after they've entered the promised land. So let's do the math. They're leaving. God takes them the longer path. They're 40 years in the wilderness, 70 years in the promised land. It's 110 years before they ever face battle for the first time. 110 years. Now that's shocking to me. What was God doing in that 110 years? He was preparing them. Now can you imagine how frustrated they were? We, we got to go here. We got to progress here. And God says, no, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Let me tell you, he knows the destination he has for you, but he also knows what it's going to take to keep you at that destination. So if he brings you there fast, here's the problem, is you might be able to get there, but you can't stay there because you're there, but who you really are inside is not prepared for it. So God takes us the longer way because he likes to prepare us, likes to prep us for where he's going to bring us next. Our, our church has seen miracles, just like this church has seen miracle after miracle after miracle. But let me tell you, the, the blessing of God in our church right now has really very little to do with what we're doing right now. You know what it has to do? It has to do with about six years before I moved there. Moved to Tampa. I, I, we were, I was a youth pastor for six years in, in a town called Pensacola. And I hated youth ministry. I hated it. I was bad at it. Like, I, I didn't like teenagers. If you're a teenager in here, I'm sorry. Like, I just didn't like, I like you now, but I didn't like him at all back then. I wasn't good at it. But what I realized is God was using that season not to do something great through my life, but to do something great in my life. So the most difficult season was actually the most developmental season of my life. Someone needs to hear that in their life. Because God's not got you in the spot you're in right now to punish you. He's got you in that spot to prepare you. So if you'll lean into the preparation of God and say, God, while I'm not there, what is it you're trying to do? Abraham Lincoln says it this way. I will prepare and someday my chance will come. So, so uh, I'm not married yet, so right now, in this season, I'm going to prepare for what God has for me. I don't have that business yet, but I'm going to prepare. I'm going to step out and do what God's called me to do in this season while I'm waiting for it. Here's, here's a good question for you to ask. It's a question asked during your waiting season. Is what does God need to do in me during this season of preparation? Because if he's got you waiting, he's trying to prepare something deep inside of you. So I think about Katie and I. Um, we, we got married in 2010. And so uh, we, we have an awesome marriage, five kids. It's, it's amazing. But people look at that and go, oh, what a beautiful story. Y'all, just a perfect little relationship. But the reality is, is that we met not in 2010. We met in 2002. And we went through this whole season. We were good friends, and then we started dating. And then we were, I, was, uh, I graduated college and went on full-time as a missionary. And so she had one more year of school. She was prepared. She was all ready, man. He's going to come back. We're going to get married. I came back. We broke up. It was devastating. Devastating. I mean, very devastating for her. She was just like, how? I mean, how? It's just being away from me. It's tough. No, that's not true. Um, it was devastating. And we went through seasons, four years, four years where we barely, we barely talked. We had some mutual friends if we ever talked to us during those moments. Four years. During those four years, I'm telling you, I'll just honor my wife. During those four years, she could have done what most girls do. It's an, a Christian girl goes to Christian college, tries to find her Christian little spouse to do her thing. 
And she could have gone, I just, I miss it, and gotten bitter with God and pouted. But what she did is she said, if God's not giving that to me, then here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take this season in preparation. And for years, she went overseas. She did missions work in, in Ethiopia. She went and became a nurse and, and got her nursing degree. She would have never gotten that before. And it was four years later, God supernatural spe- supernaturally speaks to me and goes, Aaron, now you're ready. And now we come together. A month later, we got engaged. You know, a few months after that, we get married. And now she's living her best life. So, God's been good. Why did the breakup happen? I would say it had to happen because God would have never prepared us here if that season wouldn't have happened there. Some of you, you need to embrace the fact that you know what, if it hasn't happened in your life, God's preparing me. He's getting me ready. He's developing me for something he has in the future. So be encouraged today. If you're waiting longer than you want to, it's because he's building something deeper and better and stronger than you can ever imagine for the destiny he has for your life. And don't buy into the lie that there's overnight successes out there. So easy for them. So great for them. I know people, pastors say this all the time, especially look at Pastor Ryan and Amy, and you just look at them and you're like, oh man, this is so easy. This church just explodes and grows. Every day they sneeze and more people come to the church. It's it's crazy. (laughs) There's no such thing as an overnight success. You talk to anybody that's got a healthy marriage, got the kids following the Lord, building a business that's honoring God, has some kind of degree that's changing the world. You talk to them, they're gonna tell you it's years of preparation, years of building, years of sowing. And I'm telling you, you're reaping the benefits right now of not some great structure, but of years of sowing by your leaders here at this church. And I'm telling you, your life is gonna be better in a year or two from now, not because of some magical thing and you finally hit the jackpot. No, we're not pursuing a jackpot pot. We're pursuing daily discipline to say, God, whatever you have for my life right now, I'm going to be faithful with it. And while I'm there, I'm going to be prepared for where you're bringing me next. Can we give them a little bit of praise today, church? Amen. Why, why, why does he take us a longer way? He's doing it to protect us. He's doing it to prepare us and he's preparing you for something big. And the last one is simply this. Why does he take us the longer way? He takes us the longer way because to supernaturally provide for us. Supernaturally provide for us. It is fascinating for me that some of the greatest miracles we read about in the entire scripture do not happen in the promised land. They happened in the wilderness. Let's go through some of them. They get to the Red Sea Moses has nothing to know what to do. He didn't go to school for this. Like, hey, this is how you part a sea. <laughs> He's sitting there and God speaks, st- stretch out that staff. And the sea splits in two. Can you imagine the people sitting there and seeing the miracle right in front of them? They get into the, the, the desert and they're hungry. They cry out to God. What do we do? We cry out to God. There's something that only a waiting season brings that desperation in your life to cry out to God like you've never done before. Some of you have just gotten so complacent, that's why you're not seeing the miracles anymore. <laughs> they got in the wilderness and they go, God, bring us food, all right. And they wake up the next morning and there's bread all over the floor. Can you imagine? Like, and doesn't it show us something about the character of God, that there's bread and not salad? <laughs> just telling you, it's Bible. That's Bible right there. He's the God of the carbs, to God be the glory. 
they get tired of the bread and God said, they go, we need something else to eat. We need something else to eat. Next morning, wake up, there's birds all over the ground. They said two cubits high. It's a cubit's about 18 inches. It's about three feet high of just dead birds. Can you imagine how mad PETA would be? Just the birds everywhere. Water from a rock. Smoke on the mountain. The presence of God was that. Fire by night and a cloud by day. The greatest miracles, some of the greatest miracles in the entire scripture happen during the waiting season, during the wilderness, during the longer way. Some of you, this is the best thing you're gonna do as you're waiting. While you're waiting, you're gonna trust God and you're gonna get a journal and you're gonna start writing out the fact, man, God, he did that miracle, he did that miracle, he did that miracle, he did that miracle, because I'm telling you, the greatest miracles you'll see in your life are not when you get in the promised land. It's when you're trusting God in the wilderness and in the waiting season and watch how he's found faithful, church. He's faithful in that time. Our church has experienced exactly the same stuff that we're living in revival like you guys are. We've seen seven campuses launched. We'll give over a million dollars away to missions this year. Uh, 15,000 decisions for Christ in the Tampa Bay area. We've seen just miracle after miracle. And I'll tell you this, none of those miracles compare to the miracles of the six months before we launched that church. Where it's just Katie and I believing God, begging God in that preparation, that longer season than we ever thought was possible. That's where we saw the miracle of God. And I'm going to encourage some of you today, get your head up in this waiting season. God's about to do a miracle that's going to blow your mind. You're going to see breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And one day, you're going to give your testimony, and your testimony is not going to be, I prayed, and I showed up in my promised land. It's going to be, I prayed, it didn't look anything like that. But along the journey, God brought miracle after miracle after miracle in my life. And if he was faithful to me, he could be faithful to you too. He's a good God. I got one minute, one minute. Let me just say this. How do we keep that encouragement during this time? I found this so shocking. The next verse down, okay? We're Bible people, so we go verse by verse. Next verse down. He says this phrase that just blew my mind. He says, now Moses took the bones of Joseph. Who is Joseph? Joseph was, remember the great, 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 great grandfather? He's the guy with the coat of many colors. He was the first deliverer of the people of Israel. Because why? Uh, the, the famine came. He was already in Egypt. You got a little backstory. And he goes into Egypt. He becomes second in command. And what happens? He delivers them originally. So when Moses goes to leave, here's the challenge. Moses takes the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He said, here's the host. God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones with you from this place. So God's gonna rescue you and here's what you do when God rescues you. You get my bones. Now this is weird. Okay, we got some ancient bones from Amazon. Just so everybody knows these are not real bones. Can you imagine as Moses is delivering the people out of Israel, out of Egypt, he goes, oh man, I got to take Joseph's bones with us. Hey, hey, what's, what's your name? And the kid gets up and he goes, I'm, I'm Tim. Okay, Tim, here's your job. Here's your job, Tim. Ready? You're going to take this bag. Well, what's in the bag? It's great, 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 grandfather Joseph. 
It's his bones. And wherever we go, bring it with us. Can you imagine this guy's job? He's waking up. It's just, all right, I got, I got Joseph here. This is weird. He's just sleeping next to it or in his bed at night. Why? The verse is not there by accident. We actually don't even hear any more about Joseph's bones the rest of the story. Why? I think it's because God knew what they were going to face. And here is the, the, everything in the Old Testament is a foreshadow, is, a, is an outline of what we should be doing as, as New Testament believers. So he says, when I deliver you, it's not going to be easy. I don't know if anybody ever told you when you slip that hand up in church that everything just gets great. They lied to you. It's going to be some tough seasons. Man, I feel the presence of God. Some of you have been through some tough seasons. How do we survive tough seasons? Well, their ability, their desire was, Moses said, when I'm going through a tough season, I'm going to look because I've got the remnants of the deliverer with me. And I'm going to remember when I get to that Red Sea and I go, I don't know if it's possible. I'm going to remember, oh, wait, 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 wait. I remember what God did for him, Joseph. And if God did it for Joseph, I think he can do it for my life too. If God, if God brought breakthrough for him, he can do breakthrough for me. If he, if he did it for them, there's something powerful about remembering the past and saying, God, if you've been faithful back then, then you're going to be faithful here. Here's my encouragement for you, church. We don't need to carry around some dead bones of some deliverer that has gone before us. We have the risen Savior, the ultimate deliverer, the Jesus Christ that has saved us. You carry him wherever you went. You carry him into your pain. You carry him into your struggle. And watch how we see the breakthrough that Jesus experienced, you can experience in your life. Can we take 15 seconds? Can we stand on our feet and give God the best praise, the best worship, the fact that he's been good? Come on, if he's been good to you, if he saved you, then he'll sustain you. If he brought you breakthrough before, he'll bring you breakthrough again. Come on, give him some praise. Come on, let's honor him here today. He's the deliverer that we walk with. Here's my last thing for you today. Just, just as you're standing at all of our campuses, here's what I've realized with my God. It's that in the moments and the path that is most difficult is where I find that God is most faithful. So I'm challenging you today in your waiting season, in your difficult season, in that season where you feel like it doesn't make sense. I thought I would be here by now. Trust God. He's protecting you. He's preparing you. And you watch. He'll supernaturally provide for you. You're in a waiting season right now. You need a little encouragement. You need a little bit of faith. And you go, Aaron, I just need that faith to rise. That faith and trust in God's timing. Do me a favor. Stretch a hand out to heaven right now. Come on. You're in that season right now. Wow. That's almost everybody. Do me a favor. Because in Christianity, when we surrender, we don't lose. We actually win. So we're going to have a moment of surrender. Take that other hand and stretch it right up to heaven also. And we just pray this prayer right now. We say, God, we surrender our timeline. We surrender our agenda. 
we can surrender, surrender our comparison with other people. We say, God, if you have not done it in my life yet, I will trust you. I will lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge you. And I pray over your church right now. Lord, I pray that this church would be known as for people who are steady in their faith, willing to take the longer, the more difficult, the more trying path, because we trust that God is in control and is turning all things around for the good. And he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we give him some praise today, church? Wow, 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 wow. Let me just do this before I'm done. Is there's one more group in here at all of our campuses, and it's those who have not started that relationship with God. You're still in Egypt. You're still in bondage. You're still in your sin. I want you to know God loves you and has a plan for your life. He really does. He created you on purpose. The problem with it is we all have sin. Sin separates us from God. It keeps us in bondage, and it keeps us on a path that is different and disconnected from God. So what do we do? We need a sacrifice for our sins. What's the sacrifice for our sins? We can't work it off enough. We can't give enough money to get out of it. We can't do enough good things. We need a savior. And that's why Jesus came. He came, he lived a perfect life, died a horrific death, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Why? Because he wants to get you out of that sin, out of that mess, and into your original purpose, which is to love and glorify God. You have a great plan. God has a great plan for you. So now your part is just to respond by saying, Jesus, I'm not gonna do it my way. I'm gonna do it your way. I'm surrendering my life to you. Maybe you've never done that. Today's your day. You're brought by a friend, or maybe you've been here for a while. You've been going back and forth. Today's your day of complete salvation, saying, I'm getting out of doing it my way. I'm going to do life God's way. If that's you, I want to pray for you right now. We're not going to have you come forward, but right there in your seat, at whatever campus you're at, on the count of three, I want you to raise that hand up and say, today's my day, Pastor. I am unashamedly giving my life to Jesus. Don't be ashamed of it. Make a bold decision, and watch how God will meet you right there in that seat. Ready? One, two, three come on throw that hand up thank you thank you thank you thank you just wave it at me thank you thank you thank you wow thank you thank you thank you at all of our campuses thank you team is coming give you a bible right now we love that here's what we're gonna do we're gonna confess with our mouth the need of a savior right now we're all gonna pray a prayer why don't we all pray it and join them in this say dear jesus come on why don't we all say it dear jesus today i give you my life forgive my past my present and my future thank you for dying for me i choose to live for you be my lord and be my savior in jesus name we pray and everybody that believes it says can we celebrate those who just made the best decision and let's worship together